Happy to be in God's house tonight. Hallelujah. I want to give honor very quickly to the Lord. Thankful for his hand on my life, his mercy and grace. Uh, thankful to be in Buford tonight. I love being home. I'm looking forward to being here uh, for at least a few days. Uh, being able to spend some time with my family. I love my daddy. I love my mom. Appreciate them. Thankful uh, for everything they've done for me. The example they've been in my life. Um, thankful for my pastor. I love my pastor very, very much. Amen. Amen. Every person that I've talked to that's preached here has bragged so much on this church. Um, people love preaching in Buford. It's a great place to preach. Um, they've bragged on you guys and it uh, makes me proud to be from here. So I thank you. Thank you to this church. Honor everybody here. Honor all the ministry. Uh, Lord bless you all. Let's go to Luke chapter 16, verse number 19. I sure don't want to put a damper on anything tonight. Um, but I do want to be obedient to the Holy Ghost and do what I felt for this service. Luke chapter 16, starting with verse number 19. As there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, everybody say, and in hell. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all of this between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that they that would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I, they, then he said, I pray, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses, and they have the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, Unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. The Lord has really dealt with me the last week or so on this uh, passage of scripture I go to pray and I have not been able to get away from it uh, I really felt to preach this tonight but I believe that God has come to stir somebody up tonight uh, I was praying and I just could not get away from this and I realized the way the service is felt and uh, maybe this is not what is expected for tonight but I just got to do what I feel tonight 
I'm going to preach tonight on this subject. There are no altars in hell. There are no altars in hell. Would you stretch your hands toward me? I'm going to stretch my hand towards you. Let's pray that the Holy Ghost would unite us and connect us tonight. In the name of Jesus, God, if I've ever needed the anointing, I need it tonight. If I've ever needed you to touch my mind, I need you to touch my mind tonight. I need you to touch my mouth. God, I want to be anointed as I deliver the word. I'm asking you to anoint the ears, anoint the heart of every listener that is in this place today. God, I'm asking you that you would walk up and down this aisle and that you would find the people, God, that this message is intended for. I feel that you've come to speak to some very specific people tonight. And God, I'm asking you to let me do my part and God I want to get out of the way and let the Holy Ghost fall in this place tonight I wonder if you could put your hands together one more time thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost thank you Holy Ghost you may be seated tonight in the fear of the Lord I want to start tonight by pointing out the first two words of this story the Bible says that there was. It says there was. Uh, when Jesus would give a parable, I want you to notice that the Bible would typically preface it by saying he spake a parable unto them. Or uh, even Jesus would, would, would begin to speak and say, hey, this is a parable. Uh, but in this particular story, uh, Jesus simply started by saying there was. Uh, it was a statement. It was a declaration. Uh, there's nothing mentioned about a parable in this passage, but Jesus simply is telling a story. Uh, and also, if you read parables, you'll see that Jesus did not give names to people. He would say there was a man or there was a woman. Uh, but in this particular story, Jesus gives a certain name of a certain individual, a man by the name of Lazarus. Uh, so I don't believe tonight that this is simply a parable, but I believe that this is a true story that really happened. Uh, we read about the rich man, and he knew about the pleasures of life. Uh, he lived a life that no doubt many people were very envious of. Uh, he was successful. He was rich. Uh, he had anything that he ever wanted. Uh, he, he did what he wanted with no thought of his soul. And uh, he had the best of clothes, and he had the best of food. And uh, he was not afraid to spend money and enjoy life. But the Bible tells us that he fared sumptuously each and every day. But there was one thing that bothered this rich man. Although he had money in his pocket and although he had the best of things, uh, there was one thing that bothered him and that was the fact that there was a beggar that laid at his gate each and every day by the name of Lazarus. And uh, day by day this man would go by in the face of wealth, would stare into the face of poverty and, and the face of him that had everything he ever wanted, uh, stared into the face of him that did not have hardly anything in this life. And, and he would come to his gate and, and would basically ignore this man and would act like he did not even exist. And I want to tell you, I've heard it said before, that death is what either crowns or crushes the hopes of an individual. Uh, and for the beggar, it was the crowning of his hopes. Uh, for Lazarus, it was saying goodbye to the sores that the dogs licked. Uh, it was saying goodbye to the cold and hunger that had tormented him for all of his life. Uh, it was saying goodbye to the hunger and thirst that had become his constant companion. And I believe that death was one of the greatest days in the life of the beggar. And, and the Bible says that when he died, 
buried. Uh, he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And, and we don't know much about this beggar, but what we do know is that somewhere in his life, uh, he had come to the realization that I better make sure that my heart is right with God. Uh, he may not have had a lot of money and he may not have had a lot of things, but somewhere he came to the point in his life where he made up in his mind, uh, I've got to make sure I'm right with God. Uh, he made up in his mind that, hey, things may come and I might not have the best of clothes, but I'm going to make sure that my soul is ready to meet God. So this beggar died. And really it should have been a wake-up call in the life of the rich man. Uh, there should have been a voice that spoke out to him and said, hey, don't you know that, that one day you're going to die too? Uh, uh, he should have realized that life is not a forever thing. Uh, he should have asked himself the question, uh, well, what is going to happen to me uh, when I die? And maybe he did. Uh, we don't really know for sure. Uh, we do know that he passed this man each and every day. And then one day he realized that Lazarus was no longer there. Uh, uh, maybe he thought for a moment I need to repent and I should get myself right with God. But, but I believe he learned to do what, what so many of us have learned to do. Uh, maybe he felt conviction just for a little bit. But as days turned to weeks and, and weeks turned to months, uh, he began to go back to the way that he was living before. Uh, I want to tell you that conviction is such an interesting thing. Uh, it is so powerful. But let me me tell you that it is also so fleeting I want to tell you when you feel conviction you better learn how to respond in the moment that you feel it when you feel conviction you better learn how to throw your hands in the air and say God I'll let you work on me I'll allow you to change something deep down in my spirit have you ever noticed have you ever noticed how sometimes conviction can fall in a room and all of a sudden maybe there's a backslider there. Maybe it's a lukewarm saying of God and all of a sudden they, they feel the need to pull out their phone and, and maybe begin texting some people and, and they feel the need to maybe check their social media or, or talk to somebody next to them or, or many times they get up and go to the restroom. It's because conviction is powerful but let me tell you it's also so fleeting. They know all they have to do is get up and go out of those doors and that feeling of conviction will lift off of them and, and they'll go back to the way that they were before but I've come to preach to somebody tonight and tell you there will be a time when you push conviction off for the very last time there will be a time when the presence of God is moving in your life and you push it off and it will be the last time I've come to tell you that there's some of us that in this place already tonight that we should already be feeling conviction. Uh, there's some of us that should already be feeling something deep down on the inside of us. But I want to tell you that tonight before this service is over, there's some of you that need to respond. Before this service is over, before the lights are shut off, uh, there's some saints of God. Uh, I'm not just talking to the brand new people. Uh, I'm talking to some saints who have been in the church for years and years before this service is over you need to let some tears run down your face you need to open up your mouth and cry out to God I wish you lift up your hands right now come on I wish you lift up your hands and let a shout go out in this place in the name
Jesus. Come on, just for a few more minutes, would you lift up your hands? In the name of Jesus, let conviction fall in this house tonight. God, stir every heart, stir every sinner. God, stir every saint. Let us leave this place different than the way that we came. Hallelujah. But time, time went on in the life of this rich man. He should have realized that the ground that was now covering the beggar would one day cover him. He should have realized that one day, although life is good right now, although I've got all these blessings and I've got all these things and I feel like I've got a lot of time, he should have realized one day I'm also going to be under the ground. and One day they're also going to carry me away. And time went on. And that day finally came. Uh, he never got it right with God. Maybe he did feel conviction, but he never responded to the conviction. He never acted on the conviction. And uh, the hands that were so strong and that had made him so much money were now folded and cold and lifeless and folded across his body. Uh, the face that had once worn the smile of sin and iniquity, I believe, was contorted and twisted. As in the very final moments, the death angel came into that room and grabbed a hold of his soul. And uh, Here is a man who had so much in life but took nothing with him. Uh, uh, here is a man who greedily reached out and, and grabbed on to money and, and grabbed on to possessions and grabbed on to the good things in life. But, but when it was all said and done, uh, he wasn't able to take any of it with him. Uh, I'm not preaching against blessings. Uh, I'm not preaching against having things. But what I am preaching is this that you can go throughout your life reaching out and trying to grab hold on certain things and get to the end of your life and realize it's all been for nothing what I am preaching is this what doth it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his soul It's not, all, it's not worth all the riches of the world if you lose your soul. It's not worth any amount of money. It's not worth any amount of pleasure. It's not worth any amount of fun. What doth it profit a man if he gain the whole world but lose his soul? But I've seen people, I've seen people go to hell over pennies. I've seen people go to hell over just a little bitterness they could never get over. Over just a little offense, just a little something that, that somebody did that they never could really recover from it. Uh, I just want to tell you that when you get to death, uh, you've gone past Calvary and you've gone past the cross. Uh, you've gone past forgiveness. Uh, you've gone past the power of the blood. Uh, you've gone past an altar. There's no hope when we get to death. Uh, the church doesn't know you and the angels don't know you and God doesn't know you. Many will come to me in that day 
who will say, Lord, did we not do so many mighty works? Didn't we cast out spirits? Didn't we do miracles in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name? But he will say unto them, depart from me, ye workers of iniquity. I never knew you. I want to tell you there's a day coming when every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The atheist will confess that Jesus is Lord. The backslider will confess that Jesus is Lord. The lukewarm saint will confess that Jesus is Lord. I'd rather confess it right now in this life than wait till a moment where it's too late. Somebody lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 tell you tonight that the rich man died he died he died he died and the demons from hell came and carried his soul away how different that is from the picture of Lazarus well the angels came and carried him into the bosom of Lazarus uh, the end of this life was full of pictures of demons and devils the Bible says that the rich man died he woke up in hell. He died. He opened his eyes. And he realized I'm in a place called hell. What an awful thing to imagine. Just living life, just dealing with things, just the day-to-day -day activities of life and disaster striking and waking up and opening up your eyes and realizing I've missed it. I've missed it. I think about many times what must be going, what the thoughts they must be having in the mind of an individual the few seconds after the soul is ripped out of their body. A, a person who knows how to be saved. A, a person who understands the plan of salvation who realizes they weren't right with God in the moment that their life was taken. I think about a young person driving down the road, maybe just enjoying things of life, maybe not taking church too seriously and disaster hitting and, and maybe getting in an accident and dying and waking up in a place called hell. That's what happened to this rich man. He died. And he woke up in hell. Uh, no more purple and fine linen. No more cash in his pocket. No more good times. No more women. Uh, no more food and drink, no more luxuries. His life has abruptly come to an end. And the Bible says that in hell he lift up his eyes 
being in torment and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. He cried out and said, have mercy on me. And sent Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his tongue and of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. He said, would you just give me one drop of water? He didn't ask for a big thing. He just asked for a small favor. But I've come to tell you that hell is a place where there is no mercy. Hell is a place where there is no grace where it doesn't matter what your smallest request is it will not be answered he cried out he cried out he cried out he cried out he would never cry out when he was alive maybe he had too much pride maybe he just never got around to it but he would never cry out to God until he was dead. Why? Because there's something about the flames of hell that when nothing else will get your attention, that'll get your attention. I've just come to tell you that it's such a serious subject and I fear that far too many of us we, we, we take it way too lightly uh, I want to tell you tonight that I thank God for a shout but, but sometimes we shout and we don't even know what it is that we're shouting about uh, understand I realize that we can't live our lives uh, constantly thinking about this and, and going through life with this being the only thing on our mind but what you do have to understand is that hell hath enlarged herself uh, hell hath opened up her mouth without measure. Hell is no longer beneath us, but it has risen up all around us and has come to meet us at our coming. You've got to realize hell is a real place. It's not a fictitious story. Hell is a real place that's full of demons, that's full of devils. Hell is a place of separation. Hell is a place of pain. Hell is a place of desperation. It's full of mourning and weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a place where the worm does not die. Uh, it's a place where the fire is not quenched. And these flames finally had a way of getting the attention of this man. And he finally cried out. He finally cried out. Uh, and he said, I've got five brethren. Uh, would you would you do something to, to get their attention? Would would you do something? He finally opened up his mouth and, and began to cry out. And I've got to tell somebody here tonight that you may not pray tonight, but understand what I'm saying. You will pray one day. You may not cry tonight, but you will cry one day. You may not open up your mouth and cry out to God, but one day you will open up your mouth and cry out to God. When I read through the Bible, I find that God is a merciful God. Thank God for his mercy. I find that God is a favor granting God. Uh, but I want to tell you that hell is a place where there are no favors. Hell is a place where you can cry all you want, but God won't hear your prayer. 
Hell is a place where you can repent, but it doesn't matter. Hell is a place where you wish you could take back everything in life that you ever did, but it does not matter. He said, would you just give me a drop of water? He didn't ask for a whole lot. Uh, it wasn't some crazy uh, request. Uh, it wasn't even a, a bath. It wasn't a, a mouthful of water. He said, would you just give me a drop of water? But Abraham said, son, remember. Everybody say remember. Son, remember. And I want to tell you, I've heard it preached many times, but one of the worst things about hell is that your mind is going to work. Yeah, it will. One of the worst things about hell is that your memory is going to work just fine. Uh, and Abraham said, son, remember all the chances you had. Uh, remember all the opportunities I gave you. Uh, I want to tell you that, that there's people right now who are remembering certain things in hell. Uh, they're remembering the opportunities that God gave them to repent. Uh, they're remembering conferences. Uh, they're remembering messages. Uh, they're remembering choir singing. Uh, they're remembering preachers preaching. You know what else they're remembering? They remember, they remember themselves pushing it off. They're remembering how they let maybe just a couple things come in between them and God. They're remembering how much they enjoyed sin. How much they enjoyed all the things that separated them and God. They're remembering, they're remembering. And I want to tell you that the memories, the memories of this man's life are still running through his head today. Why? Because hell is not a place that has an expiration date. Hell is not a place that has an ending. I realize our minds, we can't really comprehend it. But you've got to get an understanding that hell is a place that goes on forever and ever and ever. Hell is a place that lasts for all of eternity. He said, son, remember. He said, son, remember. He said, even if I wanted to get you a drop of water, he said, I couldn't even do it. Uh, there's a gulf that's fixed in between me and you. Uh, and then he said, well, would you send Lazarus that he would preach to my five brothers? Uh, but Abraham said, they've got Moses. They've got the prophets. Let them hear them. Uh, what was he saying? Uh, if they don't respond to an anointed man of God, they won't respond no matter what happens. Uh, if they won't respond when their pastor tries to stir them, when their pastor is concerned with them. It does not matter who I sin or what I do. They won't respond. He said they've got breath in their lungs. They're still alive. That means they've got a chance. Uh, I want to tell somebody there is an altar in this place where you can get right with God. But you've got to hear me when I tell you that there are no altars in hell. There is no forgiveness in hell. There is no mercy. There is no grace in hell. Please come to the music. Thank God for an altar. 
Thank God for an altar. You've got to understand what this is. Hey, it, it ain't just carpet. It ain't just wooden nails. I'll tell you what it is. It's a place that you can get it all right with God. It's a place where you can lay down that addiction, where you can lay down that problem and get it all right with God. I'm almost done here tonight. I'm almost done, I promise. Somebody come play the piano, please. I just feel to tell this last thing. I wouldn't usually keep going, but I feel to say this tonight. Sometimes I worry. I worry that we put so much emphasis upon the mercy of God that we forget that he's also a God of judgment. Listen to me just for a few more minutes. I thank God tonight for his mercy. I thank God tonight for his grace, but you've got to understand there's two sides to that coin. Just as much as he is a God of mercy, I've come to tell you, he's also a God of judgment. He's also a God of wrath. And we get mistaken that just because he's shown us so much mercy that it means we can walk into this place and, and wipe our feet on his mercy and, and wipe our feet on his grace. But I've come to tell you that something somebody needs in this place tonight is a healthy dose of the fear of God. I'm praying tonight that somebody would get baptized in a fear of God. We better be careful taking advantage of his mercy. We better be careful taking advantage of his grace uh, there comes a point in our life you can read it for yourself where God will just have enough uh, where he says I've showed him mercy for the last time I've showed him grace for the last time I've just got to remind somebody don't forget just because you've messed up a million times and, and God's shown you mercy that it means you can keep living that way don't forget that just because a judgment hasn't fallen yet that it means it never will I thank God that there's still breath in our body and that means we've got a chance and we've got an opportunity to get it right with God tonight but don't think it'll always be that way don't think it'll always be that way don't think we can always just snub our nose at mercy and snub our nose at grace we better get an understanding that time is not forever mercy is not forever grace is not forever I need to hear somebody pray right now I need to hear somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus come on I need to hear somebody lift up your voice and pray come on come on in the name of Jesus come on I need to hear you come on young men come on young ladies lift up your hands lift up your voice in the name of Jesus Come on, he's not a God to be played with. He's not a God to play games. and He's not a God to just mess around with. He's a God who is full of mercy and he's full of grace. But he's also a God that's full of judgment. He's also a God that's full of wrath. I don't want the mercy of God to run out in my life. I don't want the judgment of God to fall on my head. Come on.
Come on, thank God for a shout. But I've come to tell you, you can shout your way straight to hell. Thank God for a shout. But you can shout and have nothing changed. What we need tonight is repentance. What we need tonight is for somebody to say, God, whatever's in my life that's separating me from you, God, rip it away. Take it out of my life. I've got to be saved.